In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christos Anesti. Adios Anesti. Christos Voskresi. I won't go much further than that, because the cheat sheet for these guys is up here. Uh, it's the uh, second Sunday of Pascha, the first Sunday after Pascha, but it's the second Sunday of Pascha. All of these Paschal Sundays, we, we number them uh, as if they're included in that Paschal cycle. And every year, the second Sunday of Pascha is the commemoration of the Holy Apostle Thomas. And he's called Doubting Thomas uh, because uh, the first time that Christ came to the disciples, when he came to them in the, the upper room where the doors were closed because they were afraid, Thomas, for some reason, wasn't there. And so when he was told that Christ had come, that Jesus had come, he said that he would not believe it unless he saw the print of the nails and he was able even to put his hand where the nails went, to place his finger, place his hand in, the, in his side where Jesus had been, had been pierced. And so Thomas is, has been given the, the title Doubting. Uh, but, you know, I think it's, he gets kind of a bad rap for that. Uh, and even I was struck in the hymns last night when we were singing uh, Great Vespers that it even talked about the beautiful doubt of Thomas. And I felt like that was a very... Uh, a very good way for us to think about it because it's because of his doubt that we have this Sunday and that we have this confirmation of the truth of the resurrection. Because really, Thomas, uh, one of the 12 disciples, was really a very fiery person. Uh, and maybe it's because he's a twin. I don't know. We'll have to ask Ben and Leah if, if uh, all twins are fiery. Uh, miss seeing them here and all of you here. Uh, but we'll see uh, about twins. But he was a fiery person. Because remember, um, if you go back to the, the raising of Lazarus, when Jesus says he's going to go back to Jerusalem, the disciples say, but they're going to kill you there. But it's Thomas who says, then let's go and die with him. And so he's a very fiery person. And I even wonder, uh, you know, why wasn't he in the upper room? Well, Maybe he was the guy that was courageous enough to go get groceries in the midst of the chaos that was happening there in Jerusalem. They, they, were, they were quarantined and isolated there because they were afraid, and they needed somebody to go and get food and see what the word on the street was. And Thomas goes out, and maybe that's what he's doing, and, and he's not there. But even further... Uh, all joking aside, I do think that when we think about Thomas and his reaction to not seeing Christ, to not being there when Jesus is, uh, re reveals himself to the disciples, I think we need to think about his response in terms of grief. Because think about it. Thomas was experiencing intense grief. If he was one of the twelve, he was one of the people who had been with Christ and he was... Uh, he had been with him for three years at least, right? That they, Jesus was going around teaching uh, and he saw miracles and Thomas had devoted his entire life to this man, Jesus. I don't know much about the early life of Thomas before he went and followed Christ, but suffice it to say that he left all of that behind 
He allowed his world to be turned upside down. He was so moved and touched by this person, Jesus, that he devoted his entire life and he was willing to go and die with him. And here he is that he sees him die. And of course, when you think about it that way, you can think that Thomas was experiencing profound and extreme grief. And so were all of the apostles at, at that moment because they had seen their Lord, they had seen this person that they uh, had, again, devoted their entire selves to and were themselves willing to die for, and they had seen it all crumble right in front of them. And so I can kind of understand even why Thomas expresses himself in that way because of the grief that he was feeling. Because he, he stays with the disciples. He stays and he hopes to see Christ again. So it's not that he had completely turned away. And I think that there is an excellent lesson for us uh, in this gospel when we think about Thomas's reaction to the news about Christ with doubt and when we think about it in terms of his experiencing grief. Because I think in many ways, many of us are ourselves right now experiencing grief. Very early on in this pandemic, I was sent uh, an article by actually a couple of people uh, who said, uh, the article was titled, That Discomfort You're Feeling Is Grief. And basically it was, it was saying that the reason that we feel this tension, we feel this anxiety, is because we are actually in a state of grief. And the article was actually an interview with a man who had um, studied and worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who is, of course, the person who uh, wrote kind of the book on death and dying and the grieving process and all of that. But it might come as a shock to us because we associate grief with loss, with death. And so when we're attempting to get over the loss of a loved one, we grieve. But in reality, grief is a much more intense and a much more complicated expression and experience. And the reality is, if grief is about loss, we have lost a whole bunch. Whether we have lost a friend or a family member, or we know of people who have lost friends or family members to this uh, coronavirus, or if we are experiencing the loss of our, our everyday life, our normal things, the, the stuff that we would normally be doing every single day. And perhaps even now, after Pascha, we're grieving even more. I think, uh, perhaps I feel a bit more uh, saddened that this room isn't filled with everybody as we are still um, expressing our joy at the sight of the resurrection of Christ. And so perhaps even now, more than ever, we are experiencing a grief. Pascha came and we all kind of thought all this would be over, and here we are, still going on. And so there's this grief that weighs in our hearts. And so we need to understand and express that feeling of grief and know that there are, according to Kubler-Ross, five stages of grief. There is denial, anger, bargaining, sadness, and finally acceptance. And actually this article talks about a sixth one that this guy wants to add, which is meaning. And maybe we're at one place or another in our stages of grief as we are, are going through this experience. And maybe we've been at all of them at one point or another because they're not these fluid stages. Okay, I've been through one, now I'm going to the other. But the reality is that we are experiencing and expressing grief. 
because of the loss of our daily life and the, the loss of what we knew to be the world that we lived in. And because it is something that is happening to the entirety of the world, perhaps this grief is just hanging in the air that we can all feel as we go about our days, no matter how wonderful and blessed they still are in the midst of this, we are still experiencing that grief. But what do we do? Well, we look at the example of the Apostle Thomas. And first of all, we stay. We stay with the people who we love. We stay with the people who we trust. Thomas, even though he might have doubted and he might have thought that these guys were crazy, you're seeing things, fellas. Jesus is dead. He didn't throw them aside and go out into Jerusalem and live the rest of his life. He stayed. And so one of the most important things that we can do is to continue to unite ourselves to the people that we love and trust, the people that we know can get us through whatever it is that we are dealing with so that we can faithfully see Christ. And of course, what I'm most talking about, besides our family, is the church, that we need to maintain our connection to Christ and the church. And that's why all the things that we've been doing with our continued teachings and our live streaming and all of those things are important for us so that we can stay connected to the place that we trust the most. The people that we know can carry us and encourage us and, and uh, ensure that we are seeing Christ and seeing light in the midst of the great darkness that tends uh, to overwhelm us and, and uh, take over our lives at times. And so like Thomas, we need to stay with the brethren. I very much encourage you as we continue through this quarantine to, to reach out to one another. Continue to call each other. Continue to write letters and FaceTime and all of those things. Stay with one another. That's the first thing Thomas did. The second thing that he did is I have no doubt that he had hope. And the reason that he really stuck around with those guys is because he knew in the back of his mind that these guys weren't normally crazy. And that these guys were normally the ones that he could trust and follow. And so even when we think the others are crazy, and most of the time we're the crazy ones and not the others, right? We need to have to be with them and to hang on with hope. With hope that there will be an end. With hope that the Lord will be revealed to us as the risen God, as the conquering king, as the victorious champion of the uh, de the he who is the destroyer of death, that we maintain our hope through all of it. So we stay together and we have that hope for seeing the risen Christ. And the reality is, because of our festal celebration last week, we have seen the risen Christ. And we just need to be reminded of that over and over and over again. And that's why we're going to continue to say Christ is risen no matter what for the next 40 days so that we can remind one another that that's the most important thing. And when we do that, when we trust each other, when we stay with each other and trust, when we hope for the, the, to see the resurrection of Christ, then we can just fall down at the feet of Christ like Thomas and say, my Lord and my God, and give it all to Him. And there goes our doubts. There goes our, our feeling overwhelmed 
there goes our grief. And Thomas lived the rest of his life as a devoted and faithful apostle, going even to uh, what seemed like probably the ends of the earth at that time, all the way to India, according to the tradition of the church, because he had devoted himself so entirely to Christ. But it takes our wrestling with that grief. It's okay to grieve the losses that we have experienced over the course of this time. It is normal for us to feel that way, to feel angry, to feel sad, to bargain with God. But Lord willing, brothers and sisters, if we trust each other and stay together as a community, even in the midst of this, when we have hope that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the conquering hero, that he is the victor over sin and death, that he is the one who can take us through any darkness, then, brothers and sisters, we can reach that place of acceptance in our grief and say, my Lord and my God, and trust him with everything that we've got. May we continue to learn the lessons that the Lord has in front of us during this time. And may we embrace that grief that we are experiencing like Thomas. Trust the church. Yoke yourself to the church. Look with hope at Christ and throw yourself at his feet exclaiming, my Lord and my God. And we will get through this. Christ is risen. He is risen. Glory to the Father.